Welcome to another episode of FromTheApron.com podcast. In today's episode, I have a great lineup for you. First, artistic director Chris Timmons gives a brief history of Theatre Charlotte. Following that, we have an insightful conversation with director Rashida Moore, who shares her experiences with the current production of I and You by Lauren Gunderson. Don't worry, no spoilers. Mainly, we discuss the theater's unique decision to double cast the production, exploring the challenges and rewards that presents. Additionally, You'll hear about Theatre Charlotte's commitment to excellence, from their user-friendly website to their dedication in creating a top-notch theatre experience for their patrons. Finally, we'll discuss the shows for Theatre Charlotte's upcoming season, season 96. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, with Theatre Charlotte today I have with me uh, two guests, Rashida Moore, director of upcoming production INU by Laura Gunderson, and also a little bit later we'll be talking to artistic director Chris Timmons of the same theatre. Uh, Theater Charlotte is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I, I, I can't believe it. You guys are about to enter your 96th season, according to your website. That's pretty crazy and unheard of, I think. And it uh, looks like a nice, decent-sized theater. looks like maybe a couple hundred seats. I mean, 96 years, obviously, right? Like, is it yeah. the same space the entire time? No. So um, Theater Charlotte um, started out in 1927. Um as a reading group, uh, a group of women um, had gotten together and um, decided they were going to start studying theater and reading plays. And so our first, um, I guess, decade and a half or so uh, was um, our performance spaces were all across Charlotte. We performed um, in what is now the Uptown Library. Um, There was an old um, orphanage um, uptown. And we moved into our venue in uh, 1941 and have been here ever since. Upcoming production, you, you just opened uh, June 16, and you're running through Sunday, 25 June, uh, every day in that range except uh, your dark the Monday and Tuesday, it looks like. Correct. The thing that caught my eye about this production is you've double cast it. I want to know all about that. Um, that was mainly Chris's idea. He... Um approached me, the show only has two characters in it. Um, So when he approached me and we were saying if this would be a good fit, he um, presented the idea that we could double cast this in order to give more actors an opportunity to perform. And I thought it was a great idea. Um, I thought it was a challenge for me because as a director, it's like, how do you work double casting? Do you have them all present at the same time? Do you only work with this cast one day and that cast the other day and all that kind of stuff? So I thought that would be a good opportunity for me to kind of figure out how to work with a double cast. Um, And one of our ideas was to use younger people because the show is two high schoolers. Um, So that was another reason the idea was appealing is because not only were we giving more actors a chance to perform, it was possibly a chance for more like um, young adult actors to perform. So that's why we decided to move forward in that way. But I don't know if you had different initial (laughs) thoughts on this or as a live double cast. No, I think that's, I think that hits it. I mean, you know, we're 96 years old, but um, I think, for us, um, especially now, um, trying some new things, um, kind of getting out of our comfort zone um, of just having, um, you know, one cast performing a show. I think it's interesting 
to see what different people can bring to um, each of these um, roles. Um, so that's appealing and interesting to me is, is to see how, um, how the actors adjust um, to each other. And, um, you know, just thinking about future programming and things like that um, and some things that we want to do, this is kind of an opportunity to test those waters. So the play, the characters in the play are Anthony and Carolyn. And the script says that, that Anthony is African-American and that Carolyn is white. But it also gives a caveat there that it doesn't, you can mix it up as long as their races are different. Having read the entire script, I really don't... I really don't. I don't. Maybe I missed it, but I really don't see like why their races need to be different at all. There's maybe like one or two lines in there where, if they were both white, I would think, oh, that's a little weird. But um, but anyway, so did you swap the the races of the two Anthony's and two Carolyn's in your two castings? For one of the cast, we kind of did. So um, she's the playwright says that she prefers um, Caroline to be Caucasian or white and Anthony to be African-American. So in one cast that is reflected Um, in our second cast, our Caroline is African-American and our Anthony is Hispanic. Um, So they're still different races, um, but both people of color. And yeah, it was interesting because I also had that same impression. I was like, why is she so strict about this? What is she trying to, uh, how is she trying to serve the story? And what I landed on was at the beginning of the play, these two characters really don't know each other and they have to like gain each other's trust. So I feel like coming from different races, coming from different cultures and backgrounds is just another thing that they have to address. But I asked the cast what they thought. I was like, am I same question? I was like, am I missing something? Like, is there something that the young people can tell me nowadays? (laughs) And someone brought out an interesting specific is that the play addresses Walt Whitman a lot. And he was writing during the Civil War. And so the actor's like, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like, you know, the South versus the North and, you know, slavery and racism and like the poem um, dealing with those aspects, if, if that had something to do with the play. I don't know. So it's kind of still open for discussion. Okay. So your two casts are different. You have, you said the one cast, you have an African-American Caroline. And then also, but not African-American, but a person of color for the, for Alex in one cast. Anthony. Yes. Anthony. I'm sorry. And then in the, in the other cast, it's Alex is white and nope. Alex is (laughs) African-American. Caroline is white. No, Caroline is white and Anthony is African-American. I'm saying the wrong names, aren't I? I'm using the wrong names entirely. <laughs> I keep saying Alex. Um, so and you're not... We thought this, the same thing because there is a line that um, Caroline, supposedly being a white character, she says, oh, I don't know. This is very white people. But like we discussed it with the cast and I like I'm African-American as well. So I was like, we say that like when we're talking about like things black people do that is like considered very white culture, we would say, oh, look at me being a white girl up here. Oh, this is so white people. So I just wanted to check in again with the cast to be like, is this offensive if we have an African-American actress saying like, no, you won't like this. It's very white people. But I was like, from what I understand, that's something that an African-American person would say with that, especially, you know, in this day and age. So we moved forward 
even though the actress is African American, she still says that white uh, that line about this is very white people. Yeah, that was the line actually I wrote down. That was the line that that caught my attention. <laughs> Caroline says it's very white people, uh, to which Anthony replies, "I like white people." <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's very good. So you don't you don't mix match your casts though, right? Like this is your one Anthony and Carolyn, and this is your other Anthony and Carolyn, correct? That's correct. Okay, and then what was the answer for you as a director? Did you was it double work for you? Or did you rehearse everybody at the same time? What were the challenges there? What was the result? Um, it was double work. So um, on Sundays and Mondays, we tried to work with one cast. And on Wednesdays and Thursdays, wait, Sundays and Mondays, we worked with one cast. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we worked the, with the other cast. So I'm working, me and my stage manager are working four days a week. But the cast are only working two days a week with us. You know, they were still expected to work on the um, the show, even though they weren't called into the rehearsal. Um, so at first I had very closed rehearsals because I didn't want the two casts to influence one another. And then I opened up the rehearsals to like, even if your cast wasn't called that night, but you still wanted to like come in and run lines or see what the other cast was doing, you could you could come in and take a look, you know, you could be a part of any rehearsal. And then it became mandatory that all four cat or all four cast members have to be there. Like it's no longer a split cast thing. So it kind of, it kind of touched on all bases. Did one affect the other? Do you see watching it now? Do you see one cast that that's picked up a like, Oh, I like that. I like the, I like his delivery on that. I'm going to copy that. Or I don't think it ever happened. I was really afraid that was going to happen because we have one actor who's like very new to being on stage. I think he did something in seventh grade and this is his first time back on stage. And the way the two gentlemen are playing the Anthony's, they're very different, but they both are serving the character well. I was afraid he would get up there and see someone who's more professional and think, oh, I have to do what he's doing because he's been doing this longer. So I made sure that to speak with all of them and say, you know, you're making your choices. You're doing what's right for you. This is what I love about the way you play Anthony. Like, so please don't feel like you have to make any kind of adjustments. So if you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, come see this show twice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get two different experiences. Come on a, on a Wednesday night and then come again the, the following night, the Thursday night. And uh, you have it on your website. You have it broke down, broken down as uh, Walt cast and the Whitman cast. And you have yes. the actors' names there, which which I don't recall. Uh, we'll put this on our show notes, links to your website so that people can come and uh, see the show. Is there anything else? Uh, like, like I said, I don't, I don't want to give too much about the play because I want people to go see the play. Go enjoy live theater. Go see the play. Um, is there anything else about... Um, I and you that you want everyone to know? Some things that I was drawn to about it, the way the playwright tells the story, I think there are a lot of bad teenage plays out there, meaning um, playwrights don't understand how young people talk because the two characters are in high school and they're working on a project all about Walt Whitman and Leaves of Grass. Um, and the way that she writes, like it's, I, I teach theater, I teach high school theater. 
it sounds like what I hear in my classrooms and like the, um, not only the words that she uses, but the way that she formats the text on the page sometimes to help you understand the rhythm of um, the dialogue. It's just beautiful. So I really enjoyed um, that aspect. Aspect. I was like, oh my gosh, like teenagers that like sound like teenagers. Like, okay, I, I, I feel this. And then, yeah, just like the subject manner itself, like what the... Their, their opinions on things and um, their opinions on life, I just thought was an, a true representation. And it wasn't this like where you could tell a 50 year old person was trying to write for a 17 year old person. So I've been looking at theater, community theater websites all across the country uh, randomly. And then as I get to an area, I pull up all the community theaters in the area and I look at their websites and I, I find something that interests me, and two things interested me about Theatre Charlotte. One was this production that was double cast in the play itself, uh, and then the other was your website. I almost just blew right by it, a little bit of a, <laughs> because it's too good. I looked at the website, I swear, I said, oh, this is not a community theater. This is professional theater, judging on the website. So your website's very good, and... That is not the case with the vast majority of community theater out there. And I get it. Websites there to, to, to do a job. And I, I don't know. But maybe maybe people that have not the best website have good reason, good argument for it. I don't know. But I think if you can have a great website, why not? What's your secret sauce? Why do you have a great <laughs> website when no one else does? Not well. I can't tell you. Because then everyone would have one. <laughs> no. Oh, no, uh, we want we want everyone to have one, right? Like, you know, uh, no. rising tide raises all ships. I think community theater, first and foremost, often gets a bad rap. And I think it's because community theater runs a gamut of, you know, depending on budget size, depending on demographic, depending on geography, where you are, can influence what what a community theater is able to do and able to produce. And, you know, we, we're in Charlotte. We're in a big market. We're in a competitive market. There's not a lot of professional. There's no true professional theater in Charlotte. There are, there are places that pay uh, stipends or pay, but there, there's nobody that truly pays a living wage to perform in Charlotte. And so, in a way, we're all community theaters. Um, we all have the same actors. You, you will come and see actors on our stage that you will see on stages um, in other venues across Charlotte. So in a sense, we're all, we all share that same uh, community. And so you know, when we think about our theater and we think about what we want to do, we want our experience to be top-notch, top quality from, like you're saying, our website and buying tickets to um, you know, pulling into the parking lot and walking in the door. Um, that experience, that theater experience starts from the very beginning. And so we want to, that's something that we strive for. And we, we surround ourselves with people, <laughs> some great people that can, um, that can get us there. Um, so it's, it's all of that. And, and the first thing I guess that people are going to, to see or experience is that, is that website or ticket purchase experience before they even walk in the door. And so many times, you know, we get that um, over the over, you know, for years and years, we've gotten that, that comment from people who have left going, wow, I had no idea what happened 
or, or you know, what, what to expect walking in this building. It's, it's an unassuming building. Um, it looks much better than it did before the fire. Um, but still, you would not expect, I think, the quality of what you see on our stage just by walking in the door. You, you care about those things. That's something that's important to you is having a professional-looking website. Uh, did you hire a professional firm to create or – is it also volunteer? That's also volunteer. So this is uh, this is in house. So we have a staff. We have a paid staff of four uh, running this theater, and so um, our direct my wife, who is actually the director of marketing and development, um, is um, a, a key. She she's the one who on our staff who who monitors um, the website and oversees that, um, and she has um, a contracted personnel who works with her on social media. So between the two of them, they're responsible for that content. It's clean. It's I can find what I'm looking for. Things work. And a website doesn't have to be like super fancy. I, I see a lot of one of my uh, theaters where I live. Um, it drives me nuts because they've done um, they've got the the menu that's up in the right corner that when it contracts down when you like when you're looking at it on your phone it puts a little hamburger there, right? And you mm-hmm. click on that and then the options come. Well, that opens up, but then like none of those things are actually clickable on the mobile phone. So the entire website is just unusable on your mobile phone. Yeah. Because maybe they've tried to do too much. You know, there's 800 links in there. I can't click on one of them. Uh, you know, your, uh, your website is fairly simple. It's not super fancy, but it's great. It works. It looks professional. I can find what I need. I really love that about yeah. it. Jackie is is meticulous about those details, and those are the kind of things that she angsts about. And she, you know, she's very um, deliberate in finding. You know, we this website we just switched. Um, I think just two years ago from a different website, and there were just and that website was great too. But there were just some minor details that were clunky or just visually didn't tell the story uh, the way that she wanted. Um, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing with our ticketing system. You know, she, there's a lot, I, I, I told her you, you should just create your own because she has all of these, you know, ideas and, and ways that, of uh, you know, ideas that work well in one ticketing system, but then you go to another ticketing system and they don't have that. So this is, uh, I and you is the last show in this season. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then next season, you guys have great shows coming up. Wizard of Oz, Baskerville, uh, <laughs> I think every episode of this podcast, I think a Ken Ludwig play has come up I think every episode. So he's, uh, yeah, he's crazy popular right now. And this particular show is, there's something kitschy about that, right? His, his shows are all got some sort of gimmick or whatever. This is the one where it's um, just a couple actors play all the roles or something like that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like five actors playing 50 roles. Um, and Ken Ludwig is good at comedy and and mystery too. Uh, there's yeah. a, a production that's been produced a lot. His production of uh, or interpretation of Murder on the Orient Express has been produced uh, countless times over the past several years. Um, so he's he's got a good grasp on that genre, comedy and and, and mystery. Uh, and your other shows coming up are The Mountaintop, The Thursday Night Bridge Circle. And next to normal, I think I missed Rumors. I think mm-hmm. Rumors is in there too. Correct. All right. Yeah. Um, and then I want to know about the mountaintop. It said that it's uh, presented as a TC Plus experience in the intimacy of our lobby. First, tell me what the show, what, what it's about. I think that's important. Yeah. And then also about it being presented in the lobby. Yeah. So the mountaintop is a fictional account of the last hours of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. 
So this is right after his big speech and before <clears throat> before he was assassinated. And it it um, it really shows what. And again, we don't know what the, those last hours were like. But I think what this this um, play really drives home is that he was human. <clears throat> so we see we see his struggles. <clears throat> we see his vulnerability. And when I read the script um, several years ago and thinking about how to present it, it seemed to me, again, this is another show that only involves two people. And it seemed to me that doing this in our venue, we're only uh, 220 seats. We're about the last row. There's not a bad seat in the house. You're 40 feet from the stage if you sit in the very back. But there was something to me that just felt like you wouldn't, I, I felt like we were doing a disservice if, to just sit there in a proscenium style theater and sit back and watch this play unfold. To me, there was something exciting about really being in that room and really being uh, immersed in what is happening in that dialogue. And also that that then creates an opportunity for us to engage our audiences in dialogue um, after the production so um, I talked to our uh, director of the show, and I wanted to make sure that that was something that she was embraced and, and supported. And she, she's excited about it. And she's already started working on some community engagement pieces to build up to that show because it, it, has, it has struck a chord with people, uh, positive and negative, because Martin Luther King Jr. is, to many people, an idol. And... Um, as you think about um, any sort of childhood idol or or an idol on a on a larger scale, um, you know you think of them in a certain way, and you and you have that idea in your mind. And this play might challenge some of those ideas, so it does um, you know make people a, li a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I think that gives us an opportunity to to think about um, kind of pushing the envelope and engaging people in conversation. And again, this is a fictional account. This is one uh, playwright's interpretation and idea. But I think the themes are really what, um, what resonate is the fact that, um, you know, we're dealing with somebody who, um, who, who ultimately was human, who had struggles. And we did a show, we were sort of <laughs> forced into it, but we did do um, a weekend of productions in our lobby this past year. Um, and it worked out very well. Um, audiences really enjoyed being that close to our audiences, and the actors loved it. We were in three different venues for it, and the actors, you know, all of them were saying the best experience we had was in the lobby because we were just you we were right there with the audience. Wow, that's very cool. Earlier, when you were saying that your your farthest seat is forty feet, I was hoping you would say forty feet from the apron, but you said from the stage. That's my that's my uh, podcast. It's from the apron dot com. Oh, I missed that. Do you want me? I can say that again, and then you can splice it in. <laughs> no, that's okay. We don't we don't do that here. But uh, so, thank you. I want everyone to be sure to check out uh, your website at theatercharlotte.org. Uh, you can, if you have trouble spelling that, you can go to fromtheapron.com and uh, check our show notes. We'll have links there specifically to your homepage. I'll put a link to your ninety sixth season coming up. And uh, also to uh, your your ticket page for I and you, so people could come and see that show two times. 
Uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to add today? No, I just want to thank you for um, supporting live theater, getting the word out and encouraging people to come be a part of things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. For links to Theater Charlotte, the current production of I and You, and the upcoming season 96, visit fromtheapron.com. While you're there, subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, and I would love it if you reach out on social and tell me how you've been helping out in your theater community. See you next week on fromtheapron.com podcast when I talk to Devin Messiah about her work with various children's theater programs.